And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, thank you to all of our wonderful musicians and to our precious scripture readers this morning. And it's a joy to see so many of you here in the sanctuary at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene and hundreds of you watching in your homes and other places. Praise God. Praise God indeed. Just last week, I went to buy some groceries and uh, I saw in one of the freezer sections a very beautiful, colorful box of beef Jamaican patties. And so I thought, oh, I should buy these beautiful beef Jamaican patties because I've learned that you could take one patty, they were frozen, you can take a patty, put it in the microwave, heat it up for a minute, and it's just ready. Anthony, ready to eat. And um, it's a fast lunch, and many times I have to have a fast lunch because of the timing. So I bought these marvelous beef Jamaican patties. I uh, heated up three of them, three of them. <laughs> right, three of them. And so I had, the first, I had the first one, and I knew that there were supposed to be beef Jamaican patties. So I had the first one. But as I got halfway into it, I thought, where's the beef? Where's the beef? And I thought, well, okay, I guess maybe it's just this one. Somehow the machine must have forgot to put in the real punch, the real beef. So then I got to the second one, had one bite, and I thought, once again, where's the beef? Where's the beef? I thought, okay, the third one must be just right. I got into the third one. And guess what? Where's the beef? Where's the beef? And to be honest with you, I was disappointed. The box was so beautiful and so colorful and the price was reasonable. But where's the beef? What's that? No, they were, they were, it's right on there, Jamaican patties, yes, <laughs> vegetarian, no, it says beef, in fact, even hot, hot, they were supposed to be hot, and I thought, man, if these are supposed to be hot, my, my hot detector is not detecting, okay, anyway, I was, I was disappointed, now I got a whole box of them to finish. If any of you want some that don't have any beef, you're happy, I'm happy for you to have them. But uh, I, I was disappointed. But the good news is, Easter, however, does not disappoint us. Easter does not disappoint us. And so today I want to share with you on this theme of the blessings of Easter, the blessings of Easter if you look at 
Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, beginning at verse 1, it says, But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away, rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. My friends, would you stand here in the sanctuary as we pray? Would you stand? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this powerful portion of your holy word. And Lord, today as we reflect upon the blessings of Easter, I pray, dear God, that you would take whatever truth you want and help, help to enrich each listener here in the sanctuary and each listener, Lord, online, wherever they might be. Lord, may you touch the hearts of your precious people, near and far. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Please feel free to be seated. My friends, I want to invite you to think with me on this first blessing. Blessing number one is this. Jesus helps us to believe that he is real and risen. Jesus helps us to believe that he is real and risen. And here is how you and I can be helped to believe. Notice verses 2 and 3. Notice they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. They didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. That's what it says. Now stick with me for this brief explanation, would you? At that time, tombs were often carved out of caves in the rock. A body was wrapped in linen, long linen strips like bandages, and laid on a shelf in the rock tomb. The tomb was then closed by a great circular stone, like a, like a cartwheel, which ran in a groove across the opening. And when the women came, they found, obviously, that the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. Here are a few pictures of what Jesus' tomb might have looked like. You'll see them on the screen. There you are. And some of you who have been to Jerusalem 
have maybe seen some of these uh, tombs. All right, the next slide. The question is this. Was the stone rolled away so that Jesus could leave the tomb? And the answer is, not at all. Not at all. Think about it. Later we learn in the Bible that the apostles are gathered in a house somewhere in Jerusalem. The doors are locked for fear, fear of the Jewish authorities, fear that the disciples would be next to be taken and crucified. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Jesus is standing right in their midst. Jesus is there. Now, he did not, he did not enter through an open door or an open window. How Jesus entered, we do not exactly know. We're not told. But all at once, there he was, as if he had materialized out of thin air. Now, what that tells us, what it tells us is that in a miraculous, a very miraculous way, the risen Jesus could go through walls and barriers as if they did not exist. Wouldn't that be fun if you could do that? Huh? Wouldn't that be fun if you could do that? Well, it could be fun to a certain extent, I suppose. The point is this. Since the stone did not have to be rolled away for Jesus to be able to leave the tomb, then why was it moved? Here's why. It was rolled away for the women's and for Peter's benefit and for your benefit and your benefit and your benefit and my benefit. That's why it was rolled away. It was one of the steps the Lord carried out to help you and you and me believe that Jesus is risen, that he is alive. We are also inspired to believe through the story of the two, of the two very discouraged people who were walking to the village of Emmaus. The story is recorded in Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, from verses 13 to 34. Now, we won't read that whole account, but basically, essentially, Jesus began to walk with these two individuals on the road to Emmaus. And once the two people got to their village, once they got to the village, they invited Jesus to dinner. And then verses 30 and 31 say, as they sat down to eat, he, Jesus, took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them, and suddenly their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. They recognized him. Now, why they didn't recognize Jesus earlier, we'll never know for sure. But it is very clear that those two people from Emmaus were greatly blessed. They were marvelously blessed and filled with joy when they realized that Jesus was risen from the dead. He was alive. And my friends, this Easter, I invite you to also believe that Jesus is real and is risen indeed. Amen? Amen. Jesus is real and risen.
Praise the Lord. Here is blessing number two from Easter. Blessing number two is this. Jesus' victory over death also gives you and me the hope of victory over death. Amen? This truth is communicated to us through verses 4 through 7 where it says, As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with, and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. In verse 6, the angel said to the women, the angel said, He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Because Jesus conquered death, it means you and I also have the hope of being victorious over death. The grave is not the end. The grave is not the end. Listen, listen to this beautiful promise as stated in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning at, at verse 20. 1 Corinthians 15, 20. I want you to read it with me, all right? You'll see it on, on your screen. And uh, I want you to read 1 Corinthians 15, beginning at verse 20 with me. It says, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as Christ came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. But just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all, then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. Wow, wow, isn't that something? Isn't that marvelous? Christ has been raised. In recent days, many of you, many of you and I have experienced the death of a loved one. Even last week, one of our dear church family members experienced the passing of two dear family members in, in one week. And many, many of us are, are still feeling the, the emotional pain. But one of the joys of Easter, one of the joys and blessings of Easter is that, is that our loved ones who have believed in Christ and you and I have the hope of victory. We have the hope of victory over death and of going up yonder of going up yonder. Have you ever heard that song? Going up yonder? Well, here it is. Going up yonder. Amen. Amen.
girl, listening to my grandfather say, this place is not my home. God promised he was preparing a place where we would live with him forevermore. Where there'd be no more crying, no more dying, no more sadness, no pain. The city of a living God, a place of unimagined blessing. going up yonder are you going up yonder let it be so Easter makes it possible here is the third blessing of Easter blessing number three you and I are assured that Jesus keeps his word this truth comes from verses six through eight Verses 6 through 8 read as follows. I want to encourage you to read it with me from, from the screen. Beginning at verse 6. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this. Then they remembered that he had said this. If you were to go back a little bit in Luke chapter 9, verses 21 and 22, it also tells us how Jesus said he would be crucified and that he would rise up on the third day. Jesus had said he would be killed and on the third day, he would be raised to life. And that is exactly what happened. That's what happened. Now, because Jesus keeps his word, here is what you and I, you and you and you and you, here is what all of us can be assured of. And these are just a, a few of the assurances. All right, for those of you making notes, I'm going to give you the letters. A, A, A. We are assured of His presence. Okay? We are assured of His presence. Jesus said, I am with you always. Gospel of Matthew 28, verse 20. 
No matter what you are going through, no matter what we go through, the Lord says, I am with you. Isn't that beautiful? That is his assurance. All right, B, B. We are assured of his healing power. Yes, Mark's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, give us the story, a story of his marvelous power and healing. Many other places in the Bible tell us as well. May the Lord, may the Lord release his power, his power in your life, in your life, in your life, in accordance with what you're facing, what you're going through, for he is almighty and he is powerful. Yes. Then see, see, we are assured of his help to overcome our fears. Yes. We are assured of his help to overcome our fears. In the Gospel of Mark chapter 6, verse 50, we see how he helped, he helped them to overcome their fears. Jesus said, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Many times you'll find yourself in a situation where Jesus would want to say the same thing to you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Be courageous. Take courage. I am here. Don't give up. I am here, he says. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Yes. And then D, the D. We are assured of his compassion and love. His compassion and love. You can read about it in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, Verses 1, 2, and 3 where we see an outpouring of Jesus' compassion and love in a beautiful way. And here is something else we can be assured of. Point E. We are assured we can be made holy. We can be made holy. Jesus prayed, make them holy. John 17, 17. He says, make them holy. He who spoke those words, is able to make you and me holy. He is able to purify, to purify, to cleanse, to cleanse your heart and mine, to make us clean from the inside out. The psalmist said, create in me, O Lord, a clean heart. Create in me a pure heart. He is able to purify. He is able to sanctify through and through, that is one of the promises that you and I can count upon. And then, F, F, we are assured that which seems impossible is possible. Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. Gospel of Matthew chapter 19, verse 26 Jesus says, with God, all things are possible. So my friend, whatever situation you might be facing or your family is, is facing, it may seem like, wow, how in the world are we ever going to get through this? How in the world are we ever going to overcome? Remember the words of Jesus, with God, all things are possible. Don't give up. But continue to look to the Lord and pray and say, Lord, 
I am yours, you are mine, and your Bible says, with you all things are possible. Amen? Amen. 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 And then G, G, we are assured of life after death. We spoke of it just a little bit ago and and shared that beautiful song, Going Up Yonder. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. And everyone who believes in me and everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Will never die. John's Gospel, chapter 11, verse 25 to 26. Wow. Wow. My friends, we are assured of these truths, of these promises. We are assured of these promises because Jesus keeps His Word. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 And now, here's our fourth blessing. Our fourth marvelous blessing touches my heart as well. Why don't you read it? Why don't you read it with me from the screen? Blessing number four. We discover that Jesus has some beautiful surprises and rewards for anyone who shows exceptional love and loyalty to him. We discover this as we read verse 1 and verses 9 and 10, for instance, right at verse 1 it says, But very early on the Sunday morning the women went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. And then verse 9 and 10. So they rushed back from the tomb. That is the women. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. My friends... These women were the first to discover the incredible news. They were the first to learn that Jesus is risen. Please remember, remember, Peter denied him. Peter denied Jesus. Peter denied him. Judas betrayed him. Herod mocked him. Pilate condemned him. But the women honored him. Amen. Amen. Amen? The women honored him and showed him exceptional love and loyalty to Jesus. Beautiful. And the women. And the women were rewarded with being the first to discover what what that first Easter Sunday morning was like. They were the first to discover that the tomb was empty. Wow. I want to express deep appreciation and sincere appreciation to the hundreds, the hundreds of you ladies here at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, 
the hundreds and thousands of ladies and many other congregations around the world who across the years have shown exceptional love and loyalty to Jesus. Amen? Amen, Pastor Peter. Amen. Amen, Pastor Josephine. We praise the Lord for the exceptional love and loyalty of women towards Jesus, whether it's in Canada or Uganda or, or Sri Lanka or South America, Europe. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for women who have shown and will continue to show outstanding love and loyalty to Jesus. May, may Jesus reward you. May Jesus reward you in his own way, in his own time. On this Easter Sunday, I want to encourage all of us. I want to encourage all of us to, to step up, to step up our level of love and loyalty to Jesus. May you and I, may you and I truly, truly sing <clears throat> choruses like, choruses I, like, I, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. Why don't you stand for a moment here in the sanctuary? Those of you watching at home, why don't you stand and, and, and maybe sing this little chorus with me as an expression of, of your love. <clears throat> I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to Easter Sunday, I want to encourage all of us to step up our level of love and devotion and commitment to Jesus. Amen? Amen. Feel free to be seated. And now we go to blessing number five. Blessing number five. Read it with me from the screen, would you? 
we are inspired to spread the great news that the tomb is empty and that Jesus is risen. Look at verse 9 and following. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home wondering what had happened. My friends, let us spread the news. Let us spread the news in our families, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our community, in our city, on the mission fields. Let's spread the news through our missionaries around the world by giving generously to world missions. As Cindy spoke of earlier, by the end of April, we have a goal of giving $60,000 for world missions. And we have about $20,000 more to go towards that goal. And as we spread the news, for some people, it'll be like verse 11, where it says, the story may sound like nonsense. For others, it'll be like verse 12, where Peter started to show interest and soon Peter believed. Peter believed wholeheartedly that Jesus was risen. It took him some time. It takes some people some time. But Peter and other followers and disciples came to that point and said, yes, he is risen indeed. When I was a 15-year-old teenager, when I, Pastor Nick, was a 15-year-old teenager, I was invited to the Kennedy Road Church, the Nazarene. And there from my Sunday school teacher, Mr. Walter Burridge, and from my pastors, Reverend Ron Fry, and afterwards, Reverend Don Nicholas, I began to learn, I began to learn afresh that the tomb is empty and that Jesus is risen. And I came to the point where I repented of my sins. I put my trust in Jesus Christ as my Savior. And since then, I've been singing and I've been saying in one way or another. I've been saying it or I've been, I've been singing that little chorus, He is Lord, He is Lord. Let, let, let's sing it together. I, I, I realize in the sanctuary here, except for whoever's on the platform, we're, we're not supposed to sing, but the hundreds of you watching, you, you sing it where you are and, and think about, think about these words and ask yourself, is he Lord of your life? Is he Lord? Yes. He is Lord, He is Lord, He is risen from the dead and He is Lord, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess, 
This is a great day, Easter Sunday, to decide to make Jesus Lord of your life. Do not delay. If as yet you have not made him Lord of your life, if you haven't as yet made him what we might say the CEO, chief executive officer, if he is not the manager of your life, then this Easter Sunday, I encourage you to say, yes, Lord, I will make you Lord of my life, chief executive officer. I surrender my heart. I surrender my life to you. Amen. When I was attending Nazarene Theological Seminary, my theology professor, Dr. Robert Staples, told us a story about a man and a fork which touched my heart when I heard that story. And just, just this past week, Pastor Milton Basil of our own congregation here, of our church family, sent me that same story about a man and a fork. And I said to myself, I need to tell you the story about a man and a fork. Now, are, are you listening? Are you listening here in the sanctuary? Are you listening online? Okay, all right. Put aside that muffin, okay? Put aside the muffin, put aside the coffee. I, 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 want, I want you to, to listen. You got to listen carefully to really get the, the powerful lesson of this story. Here it is. There was a young man who had been diagnosed with a terminal illness and had been given three months to live. So as he was getting his things in order, he contacted his pastor and had the pastor go to his house to discuss certain aspects of his final wishes. He told him which songs he wanted sung at his funeral service. He told him what scriptures he would like to have read and what outfit he wanted to be buried in. Everything was in order. And the pastor was preparing to leave when the young man suddenly remembered, remembered something very important to him. There's one more thing, he said excitedly to the pastor. What's that, came the minister's reply. This is very important, the young man continued. The young man said, I want to be buried with a fork in my right hand. I want to be buried with a fork in my right hand. The pastor stood looking at the young man, not knowing what to say. That surprises you, doesn't it? The young man asked. Well, to be honest, I'm puzzled by the request, said the pastor. The young man then explained. The young man said, My grandmother once told me this story. And from that time on, I have always tried to pass along its message 
to those I love and those who are in need of encouragement. The young man went on to say, he said, in all my years of attending socials and dinners, I always remember that when the dishes of the main course were cleared, when the dishes of the main course were cleared, someone would inevitably lean over and they would say, keep your fork. Keep your fork. It was my favorite part because I knew, I knew that something better was coming. He said, I knew that something like velvety chocolate cake or deep dish apple pie was coming. Something wonderful and tasty and with substance. So, the young man said, I just want people to see me there in that casket with a, a fork, a fork in my hand. And I want them to wonder, what's with the fork? What's with the fork? Then I want you to tell them. I want you to tell them. Keep your fork. The best is yet to come. The pastor's eyes welled up with tears of joy as he hugged the young man goodbye. He knew this would be one of the last times he would see him before his death. But he also knew that the young man had a better grasp of heaven than he did. He had a better grasp of what heaven would be like than many people twice his age with twice as much experience and knowledge. The young man knew that something better was coming. At the funeral, people were walking by the young man's casket and they saw the suit he was wearing and the fork. They saw the fork placed in his right hand. Over and over, the pastor heard the question, what's, uh, what's with the fork? What's with the fork? And over and over, the pastor smiled. And during his message, the pastor told the people of the conversation he had with a young man shortly before he died. He also told them about the fork and how it symbolized, it, it symbolized something very precious. He told them about the fork and about what it symbolized to him. He told the people how he could not stop thinking about the fork and told them that they would probably not be able to stop thinking about it either. He was right. He was right. So, the next time you reach down for your fork, let it remind you ever so gently 
that the best is yet to come. Keep your fork. The best is yet to come. Why? Because Jesus is risen. Hallelujah. That's why. Keep your fork. Amen. Amen. It is now our privilege to celebrate our faith in the resurrected Jesus through the Lord's Supper. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And so I invite you to prepare your mind and heart. The Lord himself ordained this holy sacrament. He commanded his disciples to partake of the bread and wine emblems of his broken body and shed blood. This is his table. The feast is for his disciples. Let all those who have with true repentance forsaken their sins and have believed in Christ unto salvation draw near and take these emblems and by faith partake of the life of Jesus Christ to your soul's comfort and joy. Let us remember that it is the memorial of the death and passion of our Lord, also a token of his coming again. Let us not forget that we are one at one table with the Lord. You do not have to be a member in the Church of the Nazarene to receive communion. But if you have repented of your sins and your faith and trust is in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, and you believe in the resurrection, then celebrate your faith with us through the Lord's Supper. I invite us now as the musicians sing. I invite us to either bow your head and pray where you are and just prepare your own heart for communion. Some of you here in the sanctuary, if perhaps, if perhaps you did not pick up your communion elements as you walked in, you can just go to the foyer there and, and pick up the cup, the juice, and the bread. Those of you at home, I invite you, if as yet you did not get a cracker or bread and a non-alcoholic drink, to get that from your kitchen to prepare to have the Lord's Supper with us. Let's reflect upon our relationship with the Lord as the musicians sing. the world. 
of you in the sanctuary, I invite you now to peel back and to take the bread in your hand. As we hold the bread in our hand here in the sanctuary or at home, wherever you are, the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was broken for you. Preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Take and eat this in remembrance that Christ died for you and be grateful. Let us now take the cup. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was shed for you, preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Drink this in remembrance that Christ's blood was shed for you, and be thankful. Lord, thank you. Thank you for paying the price for all of our sins on the cross of Calvary and rising victorious over the grave on the third day, so that now we know, we know we are forgiven of our sins, adopted into your family, we have received your spirit, and we have the promise of going up yonder. Praise your holy name. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Amen.